On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Well, obviously the Colts didn't start off the season the way many hoped. They started off 0-1 after losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in their season opener. And uh, so the Colts travel home this week to play the Minnesota Vikings, hopefully try to get back to a 500 record, uh, starting off the season 1-1. and And so we wanted to preview this game for you guys. In order to do so, we wanted to bring on another Vikings YouTuber, uh, Nick, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. You know, uh, we're also coming off a loss, but at least we didn't lose the Jacksonville Jaguars, so uh, mm. we have that going for us. All right, all right. Yeah, man. Tell me about it. We're still, as Colts fans, recovering from that loss. It was very unexpected, so we're doing our best that we can to try to block that out of our memory and move on. Um, but Nick, obviously the Vikings uh, lost last week to the Packers, and I want to get your take on the Vikings overall and that loss last week. Well, I, we definitely had some concerns going in. We weren't sure how we were going to stop the run. You know, we got rid of Linval Joseph in the offseason. You replaced him with Michael Pierce, who opts out. So our run stuffers were, you know, Shamar Stefan and Jaleel Johnson, which is not, you know, the most uh, reassuring combo, but they actually did pretty well against the rush. Or, so that was good. Um, what I didn't expect to happen was our complete lack of pass rush. Uh, you know, we just dealt a second-round pick to get Yannick Ngakwe in a conditional fifth. Uh, he did absolutely nothing, uh, could not get in the backfield. He was basically slow dancing with David Bakatari the whole time. It was pretty embarrassing. Fedia Denebo on the other side, a guy who broke out last year, could not get any pressure either. Zimmer was trying. He blitzed his linebackers. He brought up Harrison Smith on a blitz a couple times. We just could not get to Aaron Rodgers. He picked apart our secondary. And that's the other thing. Um, our corners are young, and it showed. Uh, Holton Hale especially struggled. He was always two, three steps behind Devonnie Adams. Um, and, and then you got Cameron Dancer, who is third-round pick, but had a really, really solid preseason. He was you know, staying stride for stride with Adam Thielen in practice. Kind of the talk of Vikings camp. He came out um, missing tackles, blowing assignments. He had that one really, really bad play at the end of the half, uh, which allowed the Viking, or the Packers to get a touchdown, which put him up by like, I don't know, it was like 22-7 to 7 at that point. The game was basically out of reach going into the half. But, um, you know, it was basically a complete and utter defensive failure. Um, not only could we not provide pass rush, <laughs> cover guys, uh, we allowed the Packers that first half. They, I think they – possessed the ball uh, all for all but four minutes so we barely got on offense uh, the first half and it was it was embarrassing and it was tough to watch yeah so let's stay on point here with the Vikings defense because you mentioned the lack of a pass rush well I mean the Indianapolis Colts are widely regarded as uh, having the best offensive line in football when it comes to pass protection they certainly are uh, they only gave up one sack to the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. 
I know the the run game for the Colts was not very effective last week, but I think the Colts are going to look to try to fix that this upcoming week. But, you know, that front seven definitely uh, concerns me, even though you guys have lost a few guys from, you know, through the offseason and losing Daniel Hunter when it comes to injury. But, I mean, that front seven, especially your linebacker core, certainly scares me. Uh, I mean, what do you guys are? What do you guys think you need to do to bounce back from not doing so well in pass and pass rush and in the secondary last week? What do you think needs to happen to improve that against Philip Rivers, who threw for three hundred and sixty yards this last week? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I just think you guys have faced Yannick Ngakwe multiple times because my first. His debut was not impressive for us Vikings fans. I mean, he's got to step up. I mean, with Daniil Hunter out, he's got to be number one pass rusher. You know, that's why we brought him here. That's why we, you know, gave up that second round and conditional fifth for him. So, number one, he's got to step up. But Denable's got to step up. I mean, and, and Denable, you know, last year when we played the Chargers, had a great game against Phillip Rivers, caused, I think, a forced fumble. Um, so, I expect our ends have to definitely play better. Uh, and I, I think Mike Zimmer's got to get more creative, uh, hit the double A gap blitz like he usually does, um, rotate guys in and out with their young corners. He's got to have a, I would have a short leash on these guys. If they start to struggle, I would would not hesitate to get them out of there um, and just try somebody new because you don't really have any experience with many of these guys. So um, to me, that's what's got to happen. And I know it's another tough test with your guys as old line, but at least Phillip Rivers isn't quite as nimble as Aaron Rodgers. So, and the Vikings have had some success to him, you know, with him in the past. So, um, you know, I, I feel a little bit better going against Rivers. I, I still have all the respect in the world for Rivers. He's a great quarterback, but um, I think he's, the mobility factor isn't quite there. And Cody, real quick before I let you go, talk about this secondary here because. You know, I know Colts fans will say, you know, we need to get more of the receivers involved. But, I mean, this wide receiver group, while inexperienced in a lot of ways, has a lot of potential. I mean, T.Y. Hilton still is a really good wide receiver. He's a guy that takes advantage of almost any secondary he faces. And Paris Campbell being the uh, speed demon that he is and a seasoned guy like Zach Pascal and the new rookie that we got, Michael Pittman, who's six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. I mean, what what does your secondary need to do to improve to handle these wide receivers? Because obviously, I mean, Devontae Adams fed on you guys so bad last week, and a bunch of the other wide receivers stepped up. What needs to happen for that secondary? Uh, you know, I th- I think no matter what, there's it, still going to be a learning curve. Um. It's probably still going to be ugly. I think if they can even just keep you guys out of the end zone, I think your receivers are going to get the yards. They're going to get catches. Uh, and, you know, the Vikings did keep the Packers to field goals for the first three drives. Um, and then it all went to hell. But, uh, yeah, I think they just have to – they got to get thrown to the fire. they got to keep learning and, and apply what they learned last week. You know, I think maybe going against a great wide receiver like Devontae Adams – taught these guys i mean it was it was a harsh lesson it was like getting spanked with the ruler um but i I mean you gotta learn from it you gotta come back and and, you know just play better but we really don't have anybody with any experience that we can throw out there and you know as bad as these corners might be again this week i I do feel like by 
God, hopefully it's not too late, but week five or so they'll be they'll be a little bit better. But uh, one thing the Vikings can do is you know a little more safety help. Maybe bring Anthony Harris is excellent in coverage. Uh, you know maybe keep him over T. Y. Hilton, whoever uh, he lines up over. Get a little help from the safeties there. Um, and Harrison Smith's good in coverage too. So I would maybe roll the safeties over on on the your two main targets, whether that's Campbell or, or Hilton or whoever it is, but. Uh, other than that, it's a trial by fire with these guys, and you know, though they're young, though they were horrible last week, I still would rather have them them than Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Let's stop for a second and talk about Xavier Rhodes. Obviously, he was with the Vikings, got drafted by you guys, um, had a rough kind of couple last years. I want to get your overall, overall impressions on what happened to Xavier Rhodes and then also just kind of tr- the transition out of Minnesota and now to Indianapolis. Well, it was just weird because his, his fall-off was so quick. I mean, actually, it was maybe halfway through 2018 when you start to see him maybe lose a little bit of a step. There was some injuries there. Um, and Mike Zimmer, you know, it, like, there, was, there was times where Rhodes was down, looked like he was out for the year. Everybody thought, you know, torn ACL, whatever, and, and Zimmer would kind of just poo-poo it away in his press conference. Oh, he's fine, he's fine. So that was the start of it. Um, and then you start seeing him, like, start giving up plays, you know. You know, there was, they used to always say Rhodes closed because literally teams would not throw at Xavier Rhodes because, you know, they would have no success. And they started having success. And that started building toward the end of 2018. Uh, 2019, we thought, okay, he's going to come back healthy. He'll be the, the Rhodes that we've known and loved for all these years. Um, in the preseason, he was getting beat by these no-name receivers, and again, we're kind of like, okay, it's the preseason. Carried over into the regular season. I mean, guys like Darius Slayton, rookies, were just blowing past roads, and he was you could see he was losing confidence. He was getting frustrated, uh, not just on the field, but he's over on the sidelines blowing up against his coaches and his, you know, his teammates kind of pointing fingers, and it was getting kind of ugly. Um, so I don't know if it's just age, injury caught up with him uh, and kind of just slowed him down, but as bad as he was last year, I mean, that guy stepped up uh, the playoff game against the Saints. He locked down, shut down Michael Thomas. So, And just like with Julio Jones, too. I mean, he would kind of rise to the occasion when he was going against a superstar wide receiver, but going against these no-name guys, he was he was pretty bad and a huge liability. So uh, Vikings fans are not sad to see him go. What we were hoping is that we wouldn't just go with this young group that we did and bring in a, a veteran, but... That's that's not the route we took. Yeah, so I want to talk and stay on the defense here. Uh, so you guys have an offensive line here that I'm not I'm not too familiar with. I know a couple guys on there, but I want to get your perspective on the offensive line, like how it is in uh, rushing, how it is in pass uh, in pass coverage. I want to know about your offensive line because. You know, I, I remember that, you know, last year, I think it's been a couple years that you guys have struggled with pass protection. Obviously, Dalvin Cook makes up for some of the run blocking because Dalvin Cook's just a tremendous running back. But how do you feel about this offensive line group? Because the Indianapolis Colts added some new pieces this uh, offseason, especially the most notable is a former All-Pro defensive tackle to Forrest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers. So the Colts had four sacks against Jacksonville. They didn't get consistent pressure, but they did make some impacts and they got better against the run in that second half. So they made adjustments. How do you feel about your offensive line going up against this defensive line? Uh, I'm horrified. Um, 
our strength are at, at our tackles. Uh, Riley Reef is an average left tackle. Brian O'Neill is, you know, a pretty damn good right tackle. Um, the the problem with our line is the interior. Uh, we have Dakota Dozier starting at left guard, who actually played fairly well last week. Uh, our center Garrett Bradbury coming off a pretty up and down rookie year. Um, you know, he was the first pick, 18th overall in 2019. Uh, really struggled last year anchoring against big pass rushers, but he did very well against Kenny Clark um, during the game last Sunday until Clark got hurt and, and had to leave, but um, he was much improved. The problem and the guy you guys are going to hear a lot about because you're going to be blown by him is Pat Elfline, our right guard. Um, Elfline, he came in as a rookie, 2017 was our starter, played very, very well, uh, got hurt. I think it was the championship game against the Eagles. Uh, came back, moved him to left guard, or no, center, and then he struggled there. He went over to left guard last year. It was just a huge liability. If he's not getting blown up, he's hanging on. Uh, he'll get holding penalties. He gave up five pressures last week. They moved him to the right side, thinking that might help. Um, he's he's a huge liability. He's he's decent in the run game as far as pass protection goes. Uh, I would put DeForest Buckner right over Elfline, and uh, you guys will probably win the game right there just by doing that. Uh, I don't understand why the Vikings keep rolling this guy out. He's proven for the last year and a half that he needs to be just a backup. Um, the problem is they probably don't. We don't really have any other options this offseason. We pretty much ignored two positions. That was guard and cornerback. Um, so we really we're loaded with inexperience at the guard position as well. So um, that is a huge mismatch in my opinion. Yeah. So next, let's talk about this Minnesota running game. Dalvin Cook obviously is your guys' lead back. Last week, he had 50 yards on 12 carries, a little over four yards per carry. Alexander Madison was another guy. He had 50 yards um, on only six carries, so he his average was a little bit better. So you guys had over 100 yards rushing. I'm curious for you, Nick, what do you think the Colts need to do in order to slow down Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, this, this one-two punch of these Vikings running backs? How do the Colts need to attack them and slow them down this week? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, they're, they're two different runners, but uh, watching Madison, he's got uh, deceptive speed. Uh, sometimes you don't even realize they switch backs because they, they run with similar styles. The, the difference is Cook can make so many guys miss, especially in the backfield. Um, if a guy blows up Pat Elfline and is there, you know, Cook can make that quick cut and go. He's more of your home run threat. Um, find a hole, he'll explode through it, he'll be gone. Uh, Madison is a good receiver uh but i mean cook blows more of the water in that regard the problem was why we only saw you know 12 carries for 50 yards last week was because just the game flow the, the vikings barely had the ball in the first half and then when they got it in the second half they were down by you know three scores so they were in a pass pass mode there but um as far as the uh the colts trying to slow it down i think you just gotta i mean i think you gotta realize where your weakness is and it's in it's pat elfline so I, i'm sending you know run blitzes his way i'm, I'm putting your best you know, run defender over him because you will have success going against Pat Elfline. Um, but the Vikings are going to, they're going to pound the ball, especially on the road. Um, they'll be pounding that thing like crazy. So uh, it's the strength of their offense. It's what it, it's what it all goes around. It's what makes the whole thing hum. So they're going to be feeding both those guys. So expect to see a healthy dose of Cook and Madison this Sunday. All right. Good info. I, I do want to talk real quick about the wide receivers. Obviously, the Vikings have no shortage of names when you're talking about guys like Adam Thielen, who, in my opinion, is one of the best route-running wide receivers in the NFL. 
maybe not the most talented guy that you'd ever see, but he just knows how to, he just knows how to ball. He just knows how to make catches, how to get open and how to make plays happen. And then obviously Justin Jefferson, a very nice accompaniment of uh, somebody like Adam Thielen, another guy that can definitely go up and get it. And with a receiving tight end in Rudolph, I mean, you guys certainly have no shortage of weapons. I mean, what's the best way to try and slow down the passing attack of uh, the Vikings? Because I, I've been saying this with Cody that I think that the Colts could potentially see a couple passes that could turn to some turnovers because Kirk Cousins is a little bit more of an aggressive quarterback than what Gardner Minshew was. And he's more of an aggressive quarterback than a lot of other quarterbacks out there. So what's the best way for the Colts to attack this, the passing attack of Minnesota? Yeah. I, you know, I was, I would double feeling we, we last week. I mean, even I think Green Bay was doubling him. Cousins still threw Thielen's way, you know, 80% of the time. Uh, it didn't matter if he was double covered. He throws it. And Thielen, give him credit in the world, uh, he makes those catches when he's got guys draped all over him. He'll catch balls that you'll say, how the hell did he catch that? Um, he had two touchdowns last week, over 100 yards receiving. He was definitely Kirk Cousins' go-to guy. So I would give uh, extra attention to Adam Thielen. Uh, he is Cousins' number one option, especially with those Stephon Diggs now. He's who he's most familiar with. Um so definitely you got to you put two guys on Thielen at all times and make these make these other guys beat you. Um, Kyle Rudolph is going to be an, uh, a dangerous weapon in the red zone. Kirk Cousins loves throwing him in the red zone. Um, but other than that, I mean, we only saw Justin Jefferson. He had three targets last week. Uh, he almost got in a fight, and then he made a little shifty move, got some extra yardage. I did like what I saw. It was a brief, brief little preview. Uh, you got to remember Irv Smith Jr. too. That, that he did not get into the passing game much last week. I think that's someone Gary Kubiak really wants to utilize. If I'm the Colts, I'm watching wherever he goes. They can line him up outside in the slot. Um, you know, have him tight on the line. There's all kinds of ways, maybe even the backfield. All kinds of ways they can utilize Irv Smith Jr. Keep your eye on him. And one sneaky guy you guys probably don't aren't real familiar with is this BC Johnson. I'm not going to wall you with his size, with his speed, but he's extremely smart. He knows how to sit down, find the open zones in a defense. And he's a guy who could, you know, surprise with like a six-catch game for 50 yards. But those catches, you know, are the ones that move the chain. So um, if you're going to try to slow down the Vikings passing attack, obviously you're going to want on just extra, extra attention to Adam Thielen. Well, Nick, last thing before we let you go. We did this last week with our friend UCF Jaguar, Colts versus Jaguars. We got to give some game predictions. So, Nick, I'll let you go first on your game prediction for this game. Derek, I'll let you go. Then I'll give my prediction. All right. I'm going first. Uh, you know, I don't want to be the guy who just drinks the purple Kool-Aid and always goes with his team. But I, I don't think – I think the Vikings have too much talent on defense to have another turd like they did last week. I think they come out fired, ready to go, cause uh, Phillip Rivers to, uh, you know, turn the ball over, whether it's interceptions or fumbles. I think they win a close one. 2117. All right. Um, since I, you know, I try to be humble from my last prediction that uh, where I ended up saying that we would win in a decent landslide last week. Um, I do also think it's going to be a close one, but I don't think the Colts will win this one. I do think that with the issues that they had last week, I still think they're going to take a little bit of extra time to get used to. They got a lot to change. 
while I do think that they will improve and I think that they'll being at home also helps. Um, I just think that again, the rushing attack and the offense for Minnesota scares me, especially with the state that our defense is in right now. So, uh, 28 to 21, uh, Minnesota is how I'm predicting it. So I, I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think this is going to be a really tight game throughout. Both these teams are very talented, so I think it's going to be one of those very tight games. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, Frank Reich, really, he, he's had a really good track record coming after a loss. I mean, it's been really, really good. So as much as I think this game is going to be really tight, I just I can't see the Colts going 0-2 with Frank Reich. I just can't. He's been really good against that. So for that reason, I'll go. It's going to be a tight game, but I have the Colts winning 24-21 to in a very, very highly contested game. I feel like the secondary is going to get a little bit better. They've cleaned up a little bit, and I think they're going to limit Kirk Cousins and not let him do what Gardner Minshew did. And I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity for them to make some plays, get some turnovers. But it's going to be a really competitive game. Honestly, I feel like it could go either way. I really do. Um, and it's going to be really weird. You know, whoever does lose, how are they going to respond after going 0-2? Because one of these teams is going to go 0-2 after this weekend. Who is going to be the 0-2? Is it going to be the Colts? Is it going to be the Vikings? And, and how do they respond from that? But, Nick, man, thanks for coming on, man, and talking a little bit of Colts and Vikings. I really appreciate it, man, and good luck this Sunday. 